bless your name as you go to your word this morning. Speak to our hearts in the name of Jesus. Send your word to our hearts. Prepare us more for your kingdom. Make us to be completely ready for your coming. So that our faith in you will not be futile, will not end up in hell, but will lead us to the, to the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Louder, louder, louder. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Let's be seated. I intended to go on and complete the teaching we've been having on Yoshafa's victory as a case study. But while I got here, while I was behind the pulpit here, I had an inclination to change the subject. The Lord inclined my heart not to continue with that subject and He gave me another subject. Just here. So we'll be talking about warnings concerning the kingdom of God. Warnings concerning the kingdom of God. As people who have come to Christ, we should make sure we understand our purpose. Our purpose in coming to Christ is not just to be coming to church every Sunday or coming to church sometimes during the week in addition to coming on Sunday. not just the coming but we must agree with what the Bible has or what the Bible teaches about the pursuit of the kingdom of God we must care to key into the plan of God so we can inherit his kingdom I don't know what are the needs in your hearts I don't know what are the needs in your mind, but I want to tell you all those needs are secondary. They are secondary to the purpose of your call. The purpose of your call is for you to inherit the kingdom of God. I understand needs. I have this need, I have that need. The Lord will give you what you want in Jesus' name. I want you to understand there is something greater. You have a greater need. Your greatest need is to inherit the kingdom of God. You know, some may have needs for healing. Some may have needs for blessings of money. Somebody might say, you don't know how much I'm suffering. The Lord will stop the sufferings in Jesus' name. But I want to tell you, you have a greater need than money. Or some say I, I need to I want children. Yes, the Lord will give you children. 
But you have a greater need than that. Your greatest need is not money. It's not financial prosperity. It's not business prosperity. It's not blessings of the fruit of the womb. Those things are not your greatest need. Because all those things you are going to leave behind. Your greatest need is not healing. I understand we need to be in good health. Your greatest need in your life is for you to gain permanent entrance into the everlasting kingdom of God. Some of us, the way we live our lives, very imbalanced, not balanced at all. I've been saying this for a long time. Some of us spend so much time on business and pursuit of money to the extent that you don't have enough time to study your Bible or to live for God. And I've told you again and again, that's a wrong way to live. It's like living upside down. And some of us have had this again and again. And they have not made any correction. I pray the Lord will give you understanding. Don't be nonchalant about your Christian life. Don't say it's not very important. Some of you think my business with God is on Sundays. <laughs> you need to change. I don't see how you can make it to the kingdom of God if that is your frame of mind. I don't know how, unless if you know, tell us. But the way I know things about the Bible, those of you who think my business with God is on Sundays, <laughs> once a week, it will be hard for you to get to the kingdom of God. It's also the kingdom of God suffer the violence. And the violence take it by force. Once you go on Sunday, nothing, no call again. Nothing concerns you about God except Sunday. You pray every day, a little you can, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, pray for yourself. But you don't have time to read your Bible. You don't read uh, the, the reading passages I give, you don't read. Meditation passages, you don't meditate. Some don't even do any. Some read, they don't read the, med they read the reading passages, they don't follow the meditation passages. Some don't have time to pray. Some don't have time to do anything for God. What are you doing for God? I give money to God. That's alright. But what are you doing with your hands? What are you doing with your your body? Your mind, your body. What do you do? What are you doing for God? Some of you are just in the church as a, as spectators. That's not how to be a Christian. God wants you to make it. He wants you to make it and that's why he keeps sending warnings to us. Some even live carelessly. They tell lies. They cheat their neighbors. 
apart from not reading the Bible, they cheat their neighbors, they lie, some gossip, slander their neighbors, some fight for things of this world, as if those are the things that will get them to the kingdom of God. Some of you fight for the things of this world, you become hateful because of that. My husband did not give me this. Then you have become hateful to your husband or to your in-laws because you thought they influenced him not giving you or to your husband's friend. My wife is not behaving well. You have become hateful to your wife instead of converting your wife. Your wife is your first assignment because she came before any child came. Are you understanding? Your wife is your first assignment as a man. God expected you to bring your wife near, nearer to God. My wife is not behaving well. That's your assignment. God knew she was not behaving well before he gave her to you. Because she, God believed you would be able to teach her to behave well. Instead of teaching her and trying to influence her, you are, you are looking for another wife. That's wrong. Or you are fighting her. That's wrong. You are beating her. That's wrong. You have become a sinner like she is. Let's go to where do we begin from this morning? Let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 Are we there? Hebrews 11 Verse 13 These all died in faith Having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, I was persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They confess, my emphasis is that they confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They all died in faith. They all died in faith. They didn't die in unbelief. They all died in faith. That means they stuck to God till their last second on the earth. They saw the promises of God. Some received, some they received into their lives for their time. Some they received for their children. God said, I will give this to your children. They gladly embraced it and believed. That's why he said, Having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them. Significantly about their lives, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How are you living your life? That's what I want to bring about. They confess by their manner of life 
that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How are you living your life? Does your manner of life show that you confess or you believe you are a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth? A stranger is somebody who comes from another place and who is bound to go back, isn't it? A pilgrim, someone in a journey. The Bible says we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. These believers live their lives like that. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to remember every day of your life that you are a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth. When you remember that, it will prevent you from trying to kill yourself because of the things of this world. Killing quotes. Some pursue the things of this world to the detriment of even their health. Some think, uh, uh, Jesus said, he said, the life of a man consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That's not to say you should want to be poor, that's not what that is saying. But he's saying that whatever stage you are in life, in your finances, no matter how rich you are, very rich, super rich, a little rich, or even poor, those are not the things that determine your, the value of your true life. Because whether you are super rich or you are poor, that cannot give you access to the kingdom of God. Poverty doesn't give you access to God's kingdom, riches does not. What gives you access is righteousness. Righteousness, holiness, faith in Christ. Faith in Christ without righteousness, without holiness, there will be no access. Because when we confess Christ, we must follow his teachings. Verse 14, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. That means they are seeking another country. Those who understand and remember that they are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They are telling God they are looking for another country. They are seeking another country. Some people don't live as if they are looking for a country. Because they live as if all their lives, everything will finish in this world. That's why they can nearly kill themselves because of money and material things, things that money can buy. Verse 14 again, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Those who live their lives as strangers and pilgrims on the earth, they are saying by their manner of life, they are looking for a country. What country? Is it uh, London? Is it England? No. Is it America? No. No country. The country made by God. The kingdom of God. For 
they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Verse 15. They are seeking new Jerusalem that will descend from heaven to the earth. Verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. If they have been mindful of the country from which they came out, they will return. What does that say? God called you out of Egypt. If you are a child of God, you are called out of the world. Figuratively, we use Egypt to typify the world. Just like God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, became a type of the world. He called them out of Egypt, called them into, into covenant with him. He was leading them in, along the pathway he wanted them to walk in. He gave them rules and gave them manner of life he wanted them to follow. So Egypt became a type of the world. Those who were looking back to Egypt in the wilderness never got to the promised land. Do you remember? All of them perished in the wilderness. There was a time they said, let us appoint a captain and go back to Egypt. Their mind was there. So, when you are saved into Christ from the world, and your mind is still in the world, you are going to backslide. After you have been saved from the world, you don't look back there. That was what happened to Lot's wife. That was why Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Very powerful statement from the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Lord's wife. Three words. Remember Lord's wife. She holds someone on his own. Lord's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. She perished in the way. The Bible is talking of these people that they were not mindful of the country from which they were taken. From which they were called out. God called Lot and his wife and two daughters out of Sodom. But the mind of the wife was going back to Sodom. She perished on the way. Likewise, when you are born again, you are called out of the world and called into Christ. If your mind is going back to the world, <laughs> it's dangerous. You are, going to, you are heading for backsliding. You are going to perish like Lot's wife. That was why Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife, don't behave like Lot's wife. That's what he was saying. Don't look back into Sodom. Don't look back into Egypt. Don't look back to the city from which you have been called. Hallelujah. Looking back into the city from which you have been called is going to give you a problem. It's going to prevent you from moving forward. It's going to set you back. 
And that was why Jesus gave that powerful warning. Luke 17 verse 32. Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. Jesus used the word remember several times. I was talking to Jesus, he said, remember the word that I said unto you. Remember the word that I said unto you. That someone is not greater than his Lord. Here now he says, remember Lord's wife. Have you seen it? Luke 17, 32. Tell somebody, remember Lord's wife. Say it again to somebody else. Maybe on your left or your right. That's a warning for every believer. The place you are reading Hebrews says, The people were not mindful of the city from which they were called. And that was why they did not return. That's the thing. And truly, I'm back to Hebrews 11. Back to Hebrews 11. And truly, if they have been mindful of that country from whence they came out, if they have been mindful of what? The country from which they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. The opportunity to return to the world is always there. You will never accept it in Jesus' name. The devil is presenting it every day. Won't you go back? Maybe your boss refuses to promote you. And you are a lady and you, you because you have refused to be his concubine or girlfriend. And they say no, no way, no promotion. The devil will tell you, will you stay with this? Won't you go back to the old life? So that you can sleep with your boss and get promoted? Or your friends stole company money? And they, and they bought uh, properties worth hundreds of millions. And they, they will come to you and say, will you still go on? Won't you go back and steal like them? So, you can, so that you can buy properties worth hundreds of millions of naira? You will not accept that evil opportunity in Jesus' name. Now if your mind is back to the world, it's very easy to go back. Truly, they have been mindful of that country from whence they came out. They might have had the opportunity to have returned. But let's see in another version. If they had cherished the remembrance of the country they had left, they will have found an opportunity to return. Don't cherish the world that you, that you have left behind. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly. What do they desire? A better country, unheavenly. They desire a heavenly country. 
Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. He has prepared for them what? He has prepared for them a city. He has prepared for them a city. May Jerusalem could descend from heaven to the earth. But that's the city God has prepared for all who belong to him. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Are you living your life in a way you remember that you are a pilgrim on the earth? Or are you living your life forgetting that you are going to leave this world? go to verse 24. Shall we go there? We'll go later. Not yet. Let's not go yet. Let's go to verse 1 Peter 1 17. If ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. How many of you call on the Father God? Can I see your hand if you do? I do. Say if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. You call on the Father God and you are his child, the Father God who judges every man according to his work. Pass the time of your sojourning on earth in fear. But is remember God is going to bring your works into judgment. Remember there is a Kingdom to inherit. First Peter two eleven. First Peter two eleven. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. Which war against the soul as strangers and pilgrims. Every Christian who knows who he is, we understand that he is a stranger and a pilgrim. The Bible is saying it very clearly to us there. As strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Fleshly lust. Lust for things of this world. When you get into it, it will wage war against your spiritual life. And it will not allow your spiritual life to prosper. Otherwise it's the war against the soul. How are you living your life? Are you abstaining from fleshly loss which war against the soul? 
Are you living in cognizance of the fact, realizing the fact that you are a stranger and a pilgrim? Some people, all they work for is money, and the money they don't even give to God. All everything is stockpiled for themselves. They have become like the rich fool. The rich fool piled up wealth and suddenly died. By judgment. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Live your life to please the living God. Let your greatest priority be a life that pleases the Father. Any way you are living that doesn't allow you to have time for God is a wrong way of living. Is what? You need to change it. And it's destroying you. You may not know. You may think you are becoming richer in terms of money. But it's ruining you in your spiritual life. And true riches are spiritual riches. God doesn't want us to be poor, even physically and financially. And we have said it again and again that Christ became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. Amen? That's very true. But that's why the Bible gave you a warning. When riches increase, don't set your mind on them. Don't set your mind on them. Set your mind on Christ. Set your mind on the kingdom of God. You set your mind on riches, it's going to drift you away from God. Those who set their minds on riches are not able to give the riches to God. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. That's why he said to you to lay up your treasures in heaven. That means give much of your blessings from God back to God. That's what he's saying. Much of what God gives you, give it back into the work of his kingdom. That's the way to lay off your treasures in heaven. You can't transfer money to the bank of heaven. There's nothing like that. But how do you lay off your treasure in heaven? By spending your money for the work of God. Let's go to, I said we are going to 24, let's go there. Oh, that's Hebrews now. Hebrews, verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was he three months of his parents' Because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. For a season. What is your own choice? 
Are you choosing the pleasures of sin, which is for a short time? Or you are choosing the greatest riches of Christ? If Christian life means suffering affliction, it's better to choose it. Verse 25. Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches was that saying Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt Moses was living in the king's palace of course you don't need to be told what it looks like to live in the king's palace he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter, enjoying all the beauty and wealth of the palace. Egypt was like America today in those days. It was a world power. So imagine somebody who have the opportunity to live in the White House, living with the president of America. And he says, no. I will give this up. I'm going to my people. I'm going to the people of God. Hallelujah. Nothing's wrong with living in America. I'm not saying it's wrong. Provided it doesn't make you to sin against God. You live in America, don't behave in the manner of sinful people who are there. Distinguish yourself as a child of God. Moses, Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ as the reproach of walking with God as greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt. It was not like Esau who sold his birthright for things of this world. He said, no, I'm going to identify with the people of God. You know, that was the time Egypt, Egyptians were oppressing the Israelites. And Moses chose to identify with people who were oppressed instead of saying the palace. Why? Love for God. He loved God. He understood the way of the Lord. He knew everything would not end in this world. God was looking for a better country. A city built by God. A city which has foundations. Like the Bible says. That's the way we are called to live today. To separate ourselves from iniquities. And live lives that will please the Father. Let's go to First Timothy. First Timothy Chapter One. Timothy chapter 1 from verse 9 
knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous man but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners for holy and profane for murderers of father the murderers of mothers for manslayers for whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind as homosexuals for men stealers kidnappers slave traders that's men stealers for liars for perjured persons and if there be any other thing and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust read that in the Amplified Bible Amplified Bible First Timothy chapter 1 you don't have you don't have Amplified Bible just follow the reading knowing and understanding this that the law is not enacted for the righteous the upright and just who are in right standing with God but for the lawless and unruly for the ungodly and sinful who are called a Christian but are you ungodly how do you live your life does the Bible govern your life does it govern your marriage does it govern the way you do your business does it govern your relationships for the ungodly and sinful for the irreverent and profane for those who strike and beat and even murder fathers and strike and beat and even murder mothers for manslayers for impure and immoral persons for those who abuse themselves with mankind kidnappers liars pajoras and whatever else is supposed to hold some teaching and sound doctrine Galatians Galatians chapter 5 I read from verse 19 let me start from 16 I read from verse 16 this I said then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh that's the key the way not to fulfill the loss of the flesh is to walk in the spirit you want to escape the loss of the flesh then walk in the spirit how can you walk in the spirit when you don't read the bible the bible is where you find the words of the spirit 
the words of the Holy Spirit. If as you keep the word of God in your heart, you are going to be able to walk in the Spirit. My word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you don't feel yourself with the word of God, walking in the Spirit will be impossible. Walking in the Spirit doesn't happen just mysteriously like that. It happens by laying a foundation of filling your heart with the word of God. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the laws of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the other. Excuse me. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. What does that mean? When you are led of the Spirit, you are living in obedience as directed by the Spirit. It's not the fear of the law that makes you do what's right. But it is the presence of the Spirit. Are you understanding? Two people. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Came to their mind. But one fear because a woman was tempting him. I don't want to go to hell. Another person, a woman tempted him to, thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said, he said, me adultery, never. I don't want to break my fellowship with Christ. One did not commit adultery, he was afraid of going to hell. Another one is not thinking of hell because he has left hell behind. His fellowship with God has grown. He's now saying, Adultery? No. I don't want my fellowship with Jesus to be broken for a second. Are you understanding? That's the person that will make heaven, that will make the kingdom of God. The ones who are afraid of hell, invariably the devil will come by his face and be you repent. The devil will come back invariably and say, Sebi, just do it, you repent. Doesn't God forgive? But one has, gone, one has gone beyond that point. He loves God so much. I say, me, adultery? What will Jesus say? I'm not ready to break my fellowship with Jesus for a second. Yes, if I repent, He will accept me, but I don't want that fellowship broken even a second. So adultery, forget it. No chance. Hallelujah. That's a higher life. That's a higher level of holiness. Hallelujah. But that will happen when your heart is filled with the word of God. You can't walk in the spirit when you don't read the words of the spirits. It is those who dwell in the words of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will be able to walk in the spirits. 
you have a role to play. For if ye are led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Do you understand it now? When you are led of the Spirit, it is no longer the fear of the law that makes you to obey God, but the love of God, the love of the Spirit, the love of God, the love of your fellowship with God. I say, no, I, I don't want my fellowship with God to be broken, not even for a second. Adultery, what would Jesus say? No. Of course he knows he can repent and come back But even for a second He doesn't want the fellowship broken He doesn't want a bad record That he committed adultery He repented He said I don't want that in my record He won't be there at all Because he's walking in the spirit He has a, He's filled with the word of God Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly when it is dwelling you richly, according to Colossians 3.16, that's where you'll be able to walk in the Spirit. If it's not dwelling you richly, you'll not be able to walk in the Spirit. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, the book of Colossians chapter 3, all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen. Singing is a normal thing for Christian life. This is why I have a question mark on believers who, who don't who sing a song. We are not interested. How do you know? Come back another day and sing it. We can't sing it. Believers, you have to be telling, write down the song. In those days, nobody told us to write songs. The moment we had a new song, we took our papers and pens. But today, you have to be telling people, write down this song. They will all be looking at you. They are not interested. It shows a life that has little hunger for God. A life that is hungry for God. When he hears a song of Zion that is inspiring, all songs of Zion are inspiring, he hears a song of Zion that touches him. He will be asking the person behind him, tell me the words. Not today, a lot of people will just stand like electric pole. They don't know the song. That's, that does, that's, they don't make effort to know. Because they have very little hunger for God. It's a command to sing spiritual songs. Those are part of the things the Spirit will use to sustain you. In the moments when you are alone, when you have traveled far away. Hallelujah. And there is no brother around you. And the Spirit is fellowshipping with you. And it brings a hymn to your mind. 
I am resolved no longer to linger charmed by the world's delight. Face that a higher, face that a greater, please have a Lord my soul. When the spirit brings that, you sing it. Immediately every temptation will melt. A resounding no will be coming from your spirit to those temptations. No, no, no. You have an inheritance in heaven. You have a great heritage in God. Believers who don't sing, they are sick believers. I mean, who don't care about singing the songs of faith. When you sing the one they don't know, they don't care to learn it. It shows a little, very little hunger for God. Let the word of Christ, excuse me, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, sparsely, a little. How is it to dwell? Richly. In all wisdom. Those who obey this are those who will be able to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, he said, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. It is those who obey Colossians 3.16, who obey the book of Psalms that said, Your word about hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. Those are the ones that are going to walk in this way. The word is a lamp to my pathway. Those who obey that, who appreciate that. Who shine the light of the world to know how to walk. Those are the ones that will succeed in walking in this spirit. Not those who don't care about the world. Those who don't care about the world will not be able to walk in the Spirit. Walking this way will be a talk of war. Psalm 119 verse 11. The word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. It is those who hide his word in their hearts be able to walk in the spirit and because they walk in the spirit they will not sin against him that's the way it works 119 Psalm 119 verse 105 my word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path it is those who appreciate that will be able to walk in the spirit. Amen? Amen. When there is no light in your path, you collide with things, isn't it? So you want to walk without colliding with, with sin and getting into ugly living, 
then let the word be in your heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. With those who appreciate this, you will be able to walk in this way. Let's go back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye will. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Lasciviousness. All this will not be in your life at all. Idolatry, verse 20. Witchcraft, hatred. Are you seeing Bobby hatred? The word witchcraft here, including looking for demonic medicine. Medicine from people who worship idols. You are still doing that, you are not ready for God. You want a miracle from God, you are going to collect demonic medicine. Those things will cut you away from God's miracles. It will take you to hell also. Hatred, variance. Variance that's talking of quarreling, rangings, emulations, wrath, strife. Strife is speaking more of selfishness. Seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, rebellions, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they could do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the warning here? Those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who do such things, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Such things, not these ones alone, anything like that, like pride, arrogancy of heart, stubbornness, being ungovernable, disregard for authority. Those who do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We look for a simpler version. Okay. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. This uh, Montgomery's New Testament. Such. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Such, for instance, as fornication, impurity, indecency. Idol worship, sorcery, quarrels, party spirit. And dividing people in the church. I'm for this, you are for that. Jealousy, passionate anger, intrigues, factions, sectarianism, envy, drunkenness, rebellions, and things like this. And things like this. 
I tell you beforehand, as I've already told you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If they don't inherit the kingdom of God, where do they go? They go to hellfire. They go to hellfire. If you are truly for God, live your life for God. Some of you may not do much of this, but then you are not living your life for Christ. You don't preach His gospel. You don't care about preaching the gospel. By that, you are denying Christ. Some of you are afraid to talk of Jesus in certain places. You don't want people to call you names. And you are ashamed of Him. But Jesus said, those who are ashamed of Him, He will be ashamed of them. When the kingdom comes. So whosoever is ashamed of me in this world, He said, He will be ashamed of them when He comes to take His own. Are you ashamed of Jesus? Why not repent today? Mark 8.38 Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Talk about Jesus everywhere you go. Bring people like you to Christ. People in your trade. Yes, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Talk about him among your colleagues and bring them to Christ. Amen. A lot of us spend most of our time among professional colleagues, isn't it? So if you are a banker, I expect you to win other bankers. Amen? You are an accountant, I expect you to bring other accountants to Christ. You are an engineer, God expects you to bring some engineers to Christ. And while you are talking about Ronjikuta method of analysis, you slot in some words of God. Some of those great scientists too believe in Christ. You read their history. Amen? Slot in the word of God. You are a trader. You are a big time trader. God expects you to speak to your colleagues where you are meeting in your trade and bring some of them to Christ. But some of you have been coming to church alone for many years. What is happening? God expects you to bring your likes to Christ. Amen. If you are living in a way you, you are not ashamed of Him, you are talking to your colleagues. Some of them will accept Christ. You are a senator. You should be able to win some senators to Christ. Because you spend a lot of time with these people. Are you understanding? People in your trade. All of them can't say no to Christ. But the problem is many of you are ashamed of Christ. You don't talk of Christ when you are in the midst of those your colleagues. And it's wrong. Evangelism should become a way of life. Not only something you do the last three days of, of the month. 
Paul said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. First Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. It's not Paul alone, including you. We are called to propagate his gospels. So go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world, isn't it? Start from your world. What is your world? The people that you see every day. Beginning from your family. Then after your family, the world of your career. Go into all the world. The world begins from your house. Then it goes to your professional world. Amen? Some of you are silent in your professional world. You don't say anything about Christ. Your lecturer, you have been a lecturer worshiping Christ alone for years. Something's wrong. What of the other lecturers like you? Talk to them about Christ. Hallelujah. I'll stop here this morning. I'll stop here this morning. Let's thank God for the word we have heard. Let's thank God for the word of God we have heard this morning. I say, Lord, I want to be fruitful to your kingdom. I don't want to be a spectator in the, in the church. I want to be a fruitful member of your body. to me. Tell him, Lord, I repent. I choose to amend my ways and walk in your light and walk in your counsel. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I am desired
Thank you.